If you grew up in the mid-1990s in the UK, you may have a fondness, or not as the case may be, for sitting down with your family, your siblings, maybe even by yourself, and watching VHS on the television. And in those days, you had a a relatively um, small range of movies that you could choose from, I think, because VHS tapes were quite expensive. Either that or you taped them off the TV. But when it came to live action, if you were looking at family-friendly stuff, you'd be watching things like Hook or Mrs. Doubtfire, maybe even Matilda, and perhaps early to mid-80s stuff. I remember watching things like Labyrinth and Neverending Story, all things of that nature, which were huge on VHS. I think there were certain films which everybody owned. And when you think of that, animation starts to come to mind, doesn't it? To me, there were two camps. You had the universal side of things, so the likes of An American Tale, Land Before Time, maybe even All Dogs Go to Heaven and All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. We won't question why the latter exists, but these days it's available on streaming, so it can't be all bad. And aside from the universal stuff, you had the main player in animation, none other than Disney. Now, if you're like me and you remember growing up watching classic Disney films, so like Snow White and Pinocchio, Dumbo, all of those classic animations, plus the ones which were released um, in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, your really big ones like The Little Mermaid and um, Aladdin, The Lion King, all the way over to like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules. Disney was big deal in the, the, um, the 90s. And we all, I think, have fond memories of watching them from any era. Because in those days, you didn't worry about when something was made. Um, I love Robin Hood from the mid-70s. Um, I, like many people, watched a version taped off the TV and then later watched it on streaming. Absolutely love it. But there was a point in the mid-90s where everything changed, like really changed. And it really leads us right up to today where the death of traditionally drawn animation is not only upon us, but it's it's been and gone. It's old news by now because of one thing that happened in 1995 and subsequent events. Um, 1995 was, of course, when Pixar released the film, along with Disney, Toy Story. And as someone who was there at the time, I remember seeing this film on video and it just blew my mind, as it did a lot of people, because this was the first movie that was fully computer-generated, right? Proper CGI 3D stuff. I mean, the first Disney film with full-on computer graphics, 2D drawn, 
I believe was the Rescuers Down Under a few years earlier. This one, though, had absolutely everything and it kickstarted a franchise and a whole new way, which in my mind, it was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. This film and DreamWorks Shrek pretty much shaped uh, the industry for the next 20 years. Um, We might come back to Shrek at another time. But it wasn't just the animation with Toy Story, was it? It was the storytelling. It was the characters. Woody, Buzz, even Rex the Dinosaur and Mr. Potato Head uh, and... The, the voices that they managed to get at, at this point. I mean, Tom Hanks had done Turner and Hooch for Disney. He'd been in Forrest Gump, obviously. He was a biggish name at the time. Tim Allen of Home Improvement fame and uh, a bit of stand-up as well. And he was starting to become a fixture in family-friendly movies. So just those two together was like box office gold wasn't it but the story the animation which now looks a bit a bit dated and there are certain scenes where i'm like oh they they do that a lot better these days but toy story was a revelation and i remember they showed it on tv one christmas for the first time on on television and i feel like that was in 2000 or 2001 one of those two I feel like it was the year that bob the builder got to number 1 that might be 2000 but um please do let me know if i'm incorrect and even 5 or 6 years later it still uh, it was still exceptional in fact no 25 plus years later it's still an exceptional movie and the thing is, by 2000, I'd seen it several times on on video. You know, the the days when you bought things or even rented them on video. The film after Toy Story was A Bug's Life. And I'll be honest with you, um, A Bug's Life was more about the video game for me. Remember when they used to do video games to tie in with, with the Pixar films? And of course, it was a real novelty because... In the early to mid-90s, they kind of perfected um, the Disney video game because they could finally get the graphics to look somewhat like the the film itself. Things like The Lion King and Aladdin had very similar graphics on 16-bit consoles to the film. And A Bug's Life, obviously in 3D, wow, that's a whole new dimension, right? Um, A Bug's Life... I don't have much memory for. I watched it recently on Disney Plus, and I have to say it was a lot better than I remembered it being. However, I always remembered that on the video, they put the Pixar short Jerry's Game, and I feel like Jerry in that um, thing is the basis for the cleaning character in Toy Story 2, but I might be wrong. I may be incorrect about that um it certainly looks like a a similar model design but a bug's life um got a little bit overshadowed or undershadowed by ants um dreamworks effort at that time that kind of killed it 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 confused it although a bug's life to me looks better um it looks much more polished i think ants always always look really weird to me very strange. Um, but early days of CGI animation, it's it's not going to look 
fantastic. Um, you know, early there's a CGI animation in a feature film sense because there'd been shorts and stuff previously. Then in 1999, we had Toy Story 2, which I remember being a huge deal. And one of the first clips I saw from it was them trying to force Rex's head through the vent, you know, using his head. And again, Toy Story 2, the video game on PS1, what a game that was. Being able to walk around Andy's house and the joy of it, um, having almost a free world to roam around it it still stands up today the film itself is really good and possibly better than the first one although having watched it a few times um because my child absolutely loves it toy story 2 doesn't really work narratively without the emotional impact of toy story 1 they're constantly riffing off of ideas and lines from Toy Story 1. So yes, it is a good film, if not a better film, but it couldn't really stand alone. Um, What a a film that is. I mean, that sequence where they're walking across the road under the cones, there's just things in in Pixar films sometimes where you're like, you're you're now just doing this to to mess with us now, aren't you? Uh, How capable you are at this type of thing. Um, I remember it coming out in the cinema. I sadly didn't see it till home video. Maybe an obscure fact I know about that film is that Andy Peters is a voice in it. He's certainly in the UK version uh, towards the end of the film. Um, As someone who has been a fan of vintage stuff for a long time, the whole Woody's Roundup angle means more to me as I find out more about the past over time and how acutely observed it is. Yet another example of how great Pixar is at not just the animation side, but the storytelling and the attention to detail. When Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001, I was on my way into secondary school And I remember seeing it for the first time on video and not particularly being blown away by it. The fur effects on Sully, um, I always forget which one is Mike and which one is is Sully. I can never remember. I feel like Mike is the little ball guy, Billy Crystal, isn't it? And then Sully is the, um, the, the bigger monster voiced by John Goodman. Yeah, um, it's been a while. It must be about 20 years since I watched it. It just didn't make much of an impression on me, although I do remember um, pretending to to mimic the front cover of the VHS as they're looking around the door with my little brother. That was um, That was the fun days of the early 2000s, trying to perfect that smile. Um, I'm sure I would love it if I went back to it and its um, subsequent sequel. Uh, What do you think of Monsters, Inc.? I I feel like after the success of Toy Story 2, which went to stratospheric heights because it bettered the original, they had a really tough thing on their hands. But luckily, two years later in 2003, Finding Nemo comes out and they do 
for CGI animation what Pinocchio did in 1940. They perfected water um, and everything to do with water. I mean, doing a, an animation underwater is tricky. To do it as well as they did then, and still, um, besides all of this technical wizardry, focus on the story and create characters like, um, like Dory, for example, uh, is, is just a really fun skill. And you'd think by this point, I mean, we'd already had Shrek and a couple of others, and a year later, Shark Tale came out. It was around then. There were a load of imitators, and the idea of the CGI feature film had kind of changed because of the aforementioned Shrek and, and others around that time that jokes had to be the main focus. Finding Nemo had jokes in it, but again, focused on the story. The only memory I have of 2004's The Incredibles is the awful PS2 game, which I think I must have thrown the controller across the room and then took it into game like a couple of weeks later, going, I can't do this. I need to sell this. And I feel like I swapped it for um, the Sonic Mega Drive collection or whatever it was called on the PS2. I haven't seen The Incredibles in full. I feel like we watched it on a school lunchtime in secondary, but um, I, I don't have much memory of it. It was about superheroes. That's about as much as I know, and I tend to avoid things that are about superheroes. The following film was Cars in 2006, with the voices of Owen Wilson and Paul Newman. Cars is an exceptional film, and one which I've only seen recently, and yes, I, I quite like the sequel as well. Cars is like Toy Story, but with cars. I mean, it's great, isn't it? Except, you know, they don't freeze when there's humans around. I'm not quite... Well, actually, there aren't any humans in cars, are there? They're just cars. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really enjoyed that and it, it was a merchandising gold mine wasn't it to have characters who were cars you can make little toy cars which kids can play with and um you know get invested in the branding which is why they kept turning mater into shorts and making series and other films and games and things you know so it became a big marketing thing probably the biggest one then because previous characters and stuff were marketable, but Cars took it to the next level, in my opinion. In 2007, I went up to a cinema somewhere. I can't remember where it was. I feel like it was somewhere like Woodall Spa. And they had this independent cinema, which was very retro. They had old film posters on the wall, and they... Um, played Pearl and Dean before or after the movie. And I went there to see Ratatouille uh, in 07. And they had an intermission, which I'd never experienced before. An intermission where where you, you stop in the middle of the film, you know, to get a, a cup of coffee or some popcorn or something. I didn't. I didn't. I just thought, where's the movie? What's going on? But, you know, it was an experience. Um, Ratatouille is one of those films where it's very novel and extremely Pixar and perhaps a, a touch of the other studios at the time. Um, a little bit Aardman, 
I guess, if you're thinking of that. Um, Wally. 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 Eva. Um, it's a film I've only just seen, right? It's 15 years old now, and I've only just seen it. And I loved it. I loved the messages that were within it. Um, the fact you can do, like, half of the movie is just Wally walking about, and there's no dialogue. That is a really hard thing to do. And like I say, great messages in it, um, really thought-provoking. and certainly made me think at the end of the movie. Um, and exceptional in terms of, of animation, really ambitious. And that's the thing about Pixar. They were pushing the boundary quite a lot when it came to um, things like this. Uh, a great film. A little bit odd them licensing from 20th Century Fox some of the soundtrack and the the film footage for Hello Dolly although to be honest um could you imagine Wally getting obsessed over Mary Poppins I probably could but it wouldn't have the same effect it's it's lucky isn't it that Disney now owns 20th Century Fox so for future releases they don't have to um, do that do they they don't have to license from them anymore wall is a great film um up is the sad one isn't it it introduced the world to carl and doug and all of the emotional stuff and it was the last film of the decade and that's the one with the balloons i got a little bit confused between that one and cloudy with a chance of meatballs which i feel like came out around the same time but up i think is the better film although i haven't seen the other one um but no up in terms of emotion is up there with toy story isn't it um an amazing film which doesn't have the um technical prowess of previous ones but is still visually stunning and focuses on the story at hand. And this is the thing, like, after a while, you do get a little bit complacent when it comes to the technology. You think, well, I'm learning how to use it. This will be good for a few years, you know. And Up is the perfect example of that, I think. Um, I feel like there's there's um examples of of animated dirt and stuff i mean the particles and things that they used to do in things in toy story 2 when wheezy comes out and there's all those dusk dust particles that is in 1999 they're perfecting this stuff things that even now they have trouble with so i think that's what you take from pixar isn't it they're constantly trying to reinvent they're constantly pushing that envelope Maybe in, in recent years, uh, they got a little bit complacent with more sequels. Why there is a Toy Story 4, I don't know. But um, it was okay. It was okay. 3 was brilliant. It rounded off the trilogy perfectly. I cried in the cinema. Amazing. Right? As much as I cried when um, Jesse has a song in, in number 2, I cried. Right? Absolutely emotional. And I remember the person I was with coming out of Toy Story 3, they said, you're crying. I said, well, you, you, you wouldn't understand. If you grew up in the mid-90s with these characters and following their journey and watching it several times on Christmas Day and, you know, on video just over and over again and getting invested in this world and playing video games and imagining a world where the toys come alive when you leave the room... This was the perfect ending to it. 
I mean, absolutely marvelous. You just wouldn't understand. Um, yeah, so that is Pixar, and they are working on some new stuff. I loved Turning Red recently. More innovation, um, more influences coming in, a, a little bit further away from the Pixar formula. Inside Out, equally, was an interesting film and very underrated in my opinion. Um, what's your favourite Pixar film? Um, for me, I feel like it's Toy Story, the original Toy Story, because the amount of innovation that was in there, they'd done shorts previously, like Tin Toy and um, Luxor Jr. and things like that. But to do that for an hour and 15 or an hour and 25 minutes or whatever it was with those actors with that story in that way. I mean, I could probably quote all of Toy Story. Um, my favorite being the words I'm searching for. I can't say. There's preschool, there's preschool toys present. This is why I'm not a voice actor. So what's your favorite um, Pixar film? Let me know and um, I will see you once more for another episode of 90s and Noughties UK.